Guys, who's glad to be here? Oh, got three. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so last week was a little different. If you were here, you saw we were decorated for VBS, and after the service, I had a, a friend send me, uh, send me this picture. And uh, then they followed up with this, said, this is all we could think about. And so it was interesting preaching last week on the VBS set, but to be honest, and this is just, um, I felt kind of comfortable, because uh, our church is a church plant, we just celebrated seven years, for the first three years we met all kinds of different places, uh, we met at the Silver Sneakers Room at the YMCA, the Garfield House in the City Park, um, the Music Room at UPike, the Board Room at UPike, uh, sometimes just 20 of us. Um, but for almost two years, we met at, the, at Jenny Wiley Theater, which is now the Appalachian Center for the Arts here in town. So I, I dug up some old pictures just so you could see a little bit of history. Of, uh, for almost two years, we met there every Sunday morning. We would rent it on Sunday mornings. So I've preached in front of haunted houses. Like whatever play was going on that week was our backdrop for church. And uh, so I was super, uh, super okay with just uh, random stuff behind me and um and that was a that was a fun season for our church if i'm honest um meeting there on sunday mornings uh today we're wrapping up our our, our sermon series called living the faith life which has been on hebrews chapter 11 we've been we've been working through hebrews chapter 11 which is uh the writer of hebrews is writing about old testament uh characters leaders that lived their life by faith and so we shared a lot of those stories over the last two or three months. Um, and so the title of this morning's sermon is, It's Your Turn. And so what I want to do before we get into this, this sermon, I want to read this passage. We're taking the, we, we've, we've preached through 1131. We're going to start in 1132 today. So if you have your Bible or app or iPad or uh, um, if you haven't realized you need an Apple phone and still have an Android you can get that out. <laughs> Got one boo. Um, get that out. And there's probably an app on there too, maybe. I don't know. Um, and let's read God's Word. I think it's powerful to hear it, see it together corporately. And so we're going to read from Hebrews 11:32 all the way through chapter 12 and verse 1. So hang tight with me as we go through this. Hebrews 11:32. How much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets? By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning, some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. 
the whole crux of this entire sermon series. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. That's the end of 11. We started this sermon series with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It starts with therefore. All right, so therefore, everything he just said in Hebrews 11, all the different patriarchs and leaders who lived by faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, people who can testify to the power of the faith life, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We take the title of this sermon from that verse 12.1. It says, run the race that's set before you. He says, therefore, since all these other people, you can look back and see all that they did. Therefore, it's your turn. It's your turn to make decisions and live a life by faith. And so he gives us this guidance and direction. So we're going to wrap up this whole series, and we're going to imagine uh, you should have gotten one of these when you walked in. If not, they're back here by the offering box. We're going to use this. You know, it's a pop quiz. Everybody ready for a pop quiz today? No wrong answer, though. Everybody gets participation credit. It's your turn to live by faith. What's it take to live a life by faith? To walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to take just a little bit and look at this this morning. I think it's been obvious, and I just want to recap a little bit of where we come to, is that the first step in living and taking your turn and living the faith is to observe the past. He says, therefore, look at the past. So hang with me just for a minute. And we're... If, if it's your first time here, you're getting 10 weeks in one this morning, okay? I'm going to recap all the... This is a bargain. This is a good deal. Pretty good deal for you all. You can just wait this. We'll get you our preaching schedule. You can come just the last one of each series and get it all. So I want to I just walk for a minute and say, what were the people's names? Who were the people in the Old Testament? And what would they say if they could come testify and say, hey, I lived the life of faith. I'm in heaven now. If I could tell you just one thing. Here's what I'd say. And so just hang with me for a minute. We're going to go through these that we went through over the last nine weeks. Um, Abel. And I don't know for sure what he'd say. This is, these are my guesses. I think he'd say, it's not about what you do, but why you do it. He'd say, God sees your heart. God is looking at your heart. When I served with my heart, when my heart was right, it pleased God. It pleased God. You got Enoch. I think he'd say, you remember Enoch, he's the guy who never died. He just disappeared. Testimony truth. He would say, don't just seek God, but expect his response. It says that Enoch walked so close to God. Do you remember that story I shared? The guy who illustrated it, he said, it's like Enoch and God were just so close together and they'd gone for a walk. And God was like, hey, we're so close. My house is closer than yours. Just come on with me. And so Enoch would say, expect God. Don't just seek him, but expect him. He'd say, when I lived with high expectations of God, he delivered. And then you got Noah, crazy Noah. Noah would say, it's not about what you know, but about what you don't. If you're walking by faith, there's going to be some things you don't know. You're going to be stepping out into some unknown territory. Like, you know, hey, Noah, it's going to rain. 
know it's a, he told me it was going to rain. I didn't know what that was, but then it did. And he'd say, build your ark on dry ground. Be the crazy one. Have crazy faith. With Abraham, who God called out of his home into the wilderness to go, he said he didn't even know where he was going. And Abraham took his family and left. He'd say, look to the heavenly city, not for not living for tomorrow or here, but think about forever. Then we had the test of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Chris taught so well on uh, several weeks ago. And we find that in this, this, this test where Abraham is asked to sacrifice Isaac, his willingness to do it, that God was not wanting Isaac. He was after Abraham. He wanted Abraham's heart. God was not testing Abraham to see if Abraham had enough faith and would be faithful. God is all-knowing. God wanted Abraham to see that God is faithful. Okay, so the test, the trial you're going through is not God trying to find out if you're faithful. It's so you can see that he is. He will always be faithful. Then we had Jacob. He would say, it's God's, go God will deliver it. Moses' parents, they looked into the future. They saw uh, that, that God would take care of the details. They put Moses in the basket and they let go of some things. They let go of the pressure on themselves and they trusted God. When Moses, when he grew up, he decided not to be associated with the culture and Pharaoh's people, but to be associated with his people and God's people. With the walls of Jericho, remember this huge obstacle in their life, and instead of trying to tackle the obstacle, Joshua was talking with Jesus, talking with God. And it was so close to God that God spoke to him and gave him the solution. So sometimes obstacles in our life, we don't need to attack them. We just need to get closer to God. I think that's what Joshua would say. Lean on God. I did my part. He did his. Rahab, last week we kicked off, Ray, we kicked off BBS with Rahab, uh, the harlot. It was interesting. Me looking like SpongeBob. Y'all awake? Y'all there? Rahab would say, hey, I was a nobody. I was a no good. I was a Gentile. I was a harlot. God didn't just save me and my family, but he used me. And so we had a sermon last week called Even Rahab. And because he was the last, she's the last one that the writer of Hebrews talks specifically about. And it's almost like he lists all these famous people from the Old Testament. And it's like, and Rahab the harlot was saved. Even Rahab, and we realize, man, we can put our own names in there. I realized reading that even Jared can be saved. Even whatever your name is, insert your name, can be saved and used by God. He gets to the next line in Hebrews 30, 11, 32, where we started today, and he says, too many to name. Hey, I could keep going forever, and y'all are done. Like, that, that was a long list. I'm through it. Let's go to the next part. Y'all ready? It's too many to name, he says. Too many to name. We can't keep doing this. So you observe the past. Why do you observe the past? So you have the confidence, so you're able to seize the opportunity of and in the present. 
This is what this is all about. This is what the writer's talking about. He's like, look at the past. Look at everything that happened because I need you to run the race right now that's set before you right now in your home, in your life, in your school, in your family, in your marriage. I, there is a race that is set before you by God, and I need you to run it. And so you've got to observe the past so that we can seize the opportunity of the present. You know, some of my favorite verses um, is uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You hear me talk about them all the time. But we're reminded in this truth and this reality that when he says the race is set before us, that there's something happens when we get in Christ. We get connected to our creator. And my generation, even the next generation, like they have such a heart to make a difference and find purpose in life. You know, you see, read the book Purpose Driven Life. Every thrift store you will ever go to will have 10 million copies. Like there's a hunger for people to find their purpose. And the reality is you can never find your purpose if you are not in relationship with the one who made you. Like, you will try to make a difference, you will turn wheels, you will try to find your purpose, and at the end, it will feel empty. Because he says the race is set before us, that means God has set a path. And in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it, it says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have purpose. I also find in that passage that faith, the very faith that saves, it says it's not by works so no one can boast. It says it is the gift of God. That, that God has given us a gift, if you're a believer, of faith. And it really becomes once you've received the gift, once you've had faith, you've stepped out, you've had saving faith, it becomes, I'm a steward of this thing God has given me. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to run this race with full endurance? Am I going to kind of run it? Am I going to sit on the sidelines and cheer people on that are running it? Or am I going to get in the race? I'll be honest with you. I don't love the last of chapter 11. <laughs> The first part of it, I like when it says, you know, by faith, they're, they're, because uh, sometimes when you step out in faith and you're living the faith life, sometimes it's in victory. You know, out of the lion's mouths we were saved. We tore down the walls of Jericho. Armies left in flight. That sounds good, doesn't it? It's like, that's what I want to be. And then it's like, and some got sawed in half. I'm like, whoa. I'm not. That's uh, Whoa. That's a far cry from what I was thinking here. So, so sometimes we go out and we live in faith and we think, it, and sometimes it will be victorious. Sometimes it will be in a victorious situation and God will provide victory over something in your life. And sometimes it will lead to immense persecution. This is not a prosperity gospel that promises if you step out and follow Jesus and do everything he says, your house will get paid off, uh, you know, you'll get the promotion, you'll, you'll get the, the new car, you'll get this is, all your children will be miraculously perfect. This is a gospel that says sometimes when you step out and follow Jesus, you step into suffering with him. He suffered. And sometimes faith in this life leads to difficulty, leads to persecution. 
But it sums it up. I like the end of chapter 11. It says, because really, it's about eternity. The thing is, in this life, it's never perfect. I've been married almost 20 years. We've been raising kids for 12, almost 13 years. And man, it's complicated. It's messy. Anybody got kids and family? It's messy. You don't have to agree. You know it is. But there's the seasons of life. You think, man, if we could just get him potty trained, life will be easy. If we just get past this, if we just get that paid off, if we just get to here, we just get to there, life is going to be so peaceful and we can just go to the beach and it'll be so peaceful. And it never comes. Can I, can I just help you set your expectation that life on this side of eternity, you never reach that equilibrium. It's like now everything's good. I'm 20 years in. I've not found it. Anybody 40 years in and not found it? Anybody found it? Just like, man, everything's perfect in my life. Okay. All right, I'm just making sure I'm not out on left field here. But there's opportunity in the present, we observe the past to see. I want to share just a story to give you, give you an example of this. Um, a year ago, our, our, our church was put in this kind of position. We've been doing this outreach ministry. You've heard me talk about it some. I always kind of weave this in so you know the heart of our church and things we're working on and what we're doing. Um, where we purchased uh, the boxing gym over on the bypass. Um, we'd been renting it for several years, and the owner passed away, and it became in kind of a disarray. And they said, hey, you, we're either, we, we were faced with this decision. We're either going to have to move the gym or we're going to have to buy the building. And so we just felt like there was such a story and history there that God was breathing into that place for that neighborhood, that community, that God did not want to move it. He started it there. He wants to finish it there. And so we stepped out by faith and bought this building. The building came with two apartments underneath it. And, um, and, and, and our church, one of our first served Sundays, a team went over there and cleaned a lot of stuff out of that first apartment. We had someone living in this apartment that you're seeing pictures of uh, until about three weeks ago. And, um, and so you've heard me talk about Sean, and this was, this was his place. And so when we bought the building, I remember seeing those apartments and thinking, I remember the, the inspector, when he came to inspect the building, he's like, it's not going to fall down, but I don't know why in the world you're buying this. I don't know why you're buying this. I can't figure it out. And I remember sharing with our elders, we were talking and praying about it. It's like, I, I don't know, maybe God will send some people. Maybe will God send resources. He's got a vision for it. We just got to take this step of faith one step at a time and see what happens. And, and so we bought, bought the building. And so we had this apartment. And it was really like the last few months have just been hard trying to figure out how do we get everything out from under the gym because we got classes started two weeks ago how about that give a big hand for God we got classes and a trainer up there so this is what the apartments the one apartment looked like with a team this last week from Southland Christian Church middle schoolers okay 14 15 middle schoolers and five adults uh, came and served all week last week a couple of our kids went and served with them, and we were so grateful, so thankful for them. Um, we got to hang out um, at Chris and Billy hosted them Wednesday night at their house, and, and we had several of our local youth group that went over, and uh, they, they swam. They had uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. It was just a great evening. They were doing devotion at the end, and they said... Um, um, they said they do a thing called Connections, and I, I, God just laid it on my heart and said, you know, a year ago, Jared... You said when we bought when when y'all bought this building that some people might come. 
And, and, it just, and I felt it right at that moment. It's like I just met Walker. I met Max. I've met Daniel. You know, I've met these some people are standing right around me right now. And, uh, and they worked hard. Check out this guy. So these kids were so proud of the work they did, and we got to hang out with them, um, and that's how it looked after three days. I mean, that's three 20-yard dumpsters later, okay, of the hard work that they did um, right here in our own community, and we're so thankful for them. And we got to do this Wednesday night. So this is our youth group, some of our youth group, some of their youth group. Realizing we are just joining God at work. That this isn't about you, it's not about me, it's not about new beginnings, it's about how God loves this place, loves this town. Loves our neighbors more than we ever could and needs his church to let them know it. So one, one last story to kind of wrap this up is... Uh, they wanted to be able to paint the outside of the building, the block around the outside, and they actually got it all pressure washed. They bought two five-gallon buckets of paint. They bought rollers and all these, everything you need to paint. All right, and they didn't get finished. And so they just didn't get to it. It's like, we'll leave the paint and all the rollers. There might be somebody come in eventually that, uh, that, 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 that can paint. Maybe y'all can get it painted. You get some people together. And so Friday morning, I was at a funeral down in Martin, and, um, and I got a voicemail while I was there. And, I, and as I left, I was looking at the transcription. I listened to it, and I was just overwhelmed with how, how God works. So this was the voicemail. It didn't come through perfect. It says, Hi, Jared Arnett. This is Jacob. Uh, he's with Experience Mission. He said, I'm facilitating short-term mission trips here in Pieville for the duration of the summer. We've got a group coming in next week that I have some capabilities. Painting and landscaping. And you know, when they were leaving, I was like, maybe sometime eventually there will be somebody that could come paint the gym. And God is like, I had them here this week. They bought it because I got people coming Monday. And so I, I called Jacob. I was like, all right, I'm coming back to Pikeville. I can meet you at the gym at 1. Can you meet me at 1? And so we met at the gym at 1. We looked at everything. He's like, all right, we'll have a team here Monday morning. We'll get started painting, and they're going to do some more work and, 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 and work. And, and so I want you to think about this reality of where I said you've got to observe the past so you can, you can seize the opportunity of the present. Because I can look back at the gym and see every step. This is just one example of how God has provided which gives us the confidence in the very opportunity we have right now to let's go. Let's go with God. Whatever he's going to do, that place might be sheetrocked in two weeks. I don't know what he's doing. We're just with him. You know what's cool? Jacob's here. Can y'all give Jacob a hand? I didn't know he was going to be here. 
And you know what? You know what he said to me? He's from uh, Idaho. He, you know what he said to me? He's like, we had a rough week. I was worried we'd find something to paint next week. I'm like, no worries, brother. No worries. Um, and so we also talked, the reality is this project we've got at the elementary school next Sunday is probably bigger than we can do in one Sunday morning. And I was worried about that. Yep, your pastor worries sometimes. And I was thinking, how can we get all that done and be ready for that? And so what we're going to be doing next Sunday, painting and landscaping. And so they're going to spend a couple days at the gym this week. It's a church from Ohio and Minnesota church group, some time at the gym, and some time prepping the elementary school uh, for our team to come in Sunday. This is how God works. This is real and relevant. This is how God uses his church to bless a community. All that to be said, to close, we observe the past so that we can seize the opportunity in the present so that it can be observed in the future. What I want to speak into right now is right now in your situation, in your life, you got this pop quiz, this, this form. I'd love for you to write it down, keep it, take a picture of it. All of Hebrews 11 was by faith, by faith, somebody's name, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Enoch, by faith, you know, all the names. I want you to write your name down there. I want you to think of the thing in your life right now that has you most scared. I want you to write the thing down or think about the thing right now in your life that, that is, has you the most overwhelmed. I want you to write down uh, the thing that you're dreading, the thing that you're afraid of, the thing that has you so frustrated. And I want you to think about in the future, somebody's going to think of you Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker. And I want you to imagine in the future, what will they have been able to observe? What do you want them to be able to say about your life and the circumstance you're in right now? In the future, does this make sense? Maybe it's something like, by faith, mom, loved, provided for, spiritually led her children even when dad walked out. Maybe it's by faith dad chose his children and his family over his career. Maybe it's by faith uh, mom dug out of addiction and overcame with God's help the struggle she was up against. Maybe it's by faith you extended grace and forgave someone in your life that a broken relationship that you let God reconcile. I don't know what it is in your situation. But I want you to imagine in the future and think about what you hope someone would say about you. I want to end this just by saying there's one simple decision that makes all this possible. And it starts in relationship with Jesus. The first step of faith is by faith, Jared trusted in Jesus as his hope, 
for salvation. That's his purpose for life. By, by faith, Jared put his trust in Jesus. That's where this relationship begins. There's a, there was a great illustration on Moody Radio this week, and it reminded me of when I was a kid. We had this farm pond, and in the winter, it would freeze over sometimes. Y'all ever, y'all know what a farm pond is? Y'all here? All right. I'm wondering. So a farm pond, and it would freeze over, and, and I would remember my, you know, my mom and dad you know, put the fear of God in me, uh, to be careful, and they would come up sometimes, but I would always want to get out on it. You know, if it's frozen, you want to get out there and just skate and slide around on it. And, and, and so it reminded me that and when I heard that illustration this week from Moody Radio, they talked about you can have big faith. I, I want to start by saying you don't have to have big faith. It says you can have big faith in something in thin ice. Are you hold on for a minute. Like I could have big faith, and I never had big faith because I was always like this. You know, just touching it. Is it going to break? And then I throw something out on it, throw my dog out on it. I'm just kidding. I just kind of did that maybe once. I was young. I wouldn't do that now. And if it could run on it, it's like, all right, so you tip it on. But you, you don't have to have big faith to get saved. I would just tiptoe out on it. I would have enough faith to take my foot off the side of the pond. Because what saves you is not the, the power of your faith. It's the power of his grace. It's the power of the thing that you step out onto. And, and so all you got to have is a little bit of faith just to take that first step and get off works. Get off thinking I went to church enough. Get off thinking I've been good enough. Get off, all, get off thinking I'm not good enough. Get off all these things and step out onto him. But there was something that would happen once I'd stepped on it and I'd got out to the middle and I'd done this, like my faith got stronger. Like I, I got, and so there is something to be said about strong faith on strong ice. Okay, because I start playing, I start building igloos, like I was doing everything in the world. And that, that's how God wants to live our life because we've, we had a little bit of faith on him and then big faith on him to run the race that's set before us. Is how God changes communities. It's how God reaches the lost. It is through each and every one of us taking a step by faith, trusting in him. We've observed the past. We have this opportunity. You have this opportunity in the present that will be observed in the future. It's your turn. God, I thank you for this opportunity to serve you, to trust you. Thankful that we're never so far out of your will that you're not one turn away from us. Thankful that you've invited us into your family. You've adopted us. You've accepted us. You've loved us. God, I pray today as we write this out and we see the thing in our own life that we would have the faith, that you would give us this gift of the faith, that we'd be good stewards of it, that we would take this step to be different than the culture around us, to be different than what our friends want or expect of us. God, that we would be 
light in darkness, that we would be salt, that we would be difference makers, and always point back to your son's name, the only name that can change a heart, the name that all of our hope rests in, the name of your son Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.